But then at the top of the whole process of our formation is the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Um, the, the, Holy Spirit the Holy is Spirit is doing the work of changing us. Even, even if we do everything in our power to change ourselves, uh, we can only get partway there. It is the Holy Spirit who mm. does that actual transformation. Welcome to the Soul Renovate podcast, where longtime friends George and Jim discuss spiritual formation, soul care, and how Christian leaders can grow in abiding in Christ. Over the next several weeks, Jim and George are talking about friendship. What is it really, and why is it so important to our walks with Jesus? Let's dive in. Hello, George. Hello. Good to see you again, Jim. Yeah, it's good to be with you on this second episode of this friendship series. Yeah. We're recording this like in the middle of January in Topeka or Lawrence, Kansas. Yes, and we are. The temperature outside is pretty frigid. We broke through zero today. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Correct. Went down to about minus eight or 10 or 11, something That's like that right. overnight. <laughs> Which reminds me of my Canadian days, and which I don't regret uh, leaving that kind of frigid temperature behind me for four months of the year. Yeah. So what? What? What's the typical like stretch of time that you don't see grass because there's so much snow? It's it's a good three and a half to four months. Is that like right? Like from mid-November to about early April. I mean, you've got unusual years where it does warm up a little bit in the winter, but, but for the most part, it's, it's a good solid three and a half months of no, yeah. no, no green, anything. Wow. All right, so if you're listening from Canada and you're, and you're laughing at our whining right yeah. now because it's cold here, we just want to say to you, you are our heroes up yeah. there. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We have much to learn from you about how to well, Jim, persevere. The first night I landed in Canada from Lebanon, yeah, I remember my mom had bought me this um, jacket that had fake fur on it. Yes. And, I mean, it was warm on the airplane. But when I stepped off the airplane in Edmonton, Alberta, that's where we landed, it was about 50 below. Fifty below zero temperature. Fifty below zero Fahrenheit temperatures. My. Which is almost like fifty Celsius. Like it's it's pretty cold. And I remember this this jacket, like these the hair on the jacket began to fall off. <laughs> <laughs> I said, What am I getting myself into? I better get back on the airplane and go back. Oh my. Um crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 50 below, yeah. 50 below. Well, it's nice and toasty in here. Yeah. In yeah, the recording God studio. For that. So yeah. we're glad about that. Friendship. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things that was really impressed to me last time we talked, or made an impression, um, is the statement you made about knowing, about being known and, and knowing another Mm-hmm. how those are important building blocks or pieces of a healthy friendship. And um, obviously that takes some time. You can't create that with another human being overnight, and which, which goes back to what we were talking about last time, the importance of formation, mm-hmm. and that we all have a formation. Mm-hmm. We're always being formed 
in one direction or in one way or another. Uh, we don't get to choose that. Uh, so it's not like we like or dislike spiritual formation. Uh, it's happening. It's happening. Um, it's inevitable. We're all going to become more and more mm-hmm. like something. Yeah. Becoming aware of that, Jim, is, is helpful because then if my character is being formed right now by the things that I do, how I think, how I behave toward other people, and that's going to be in my future, then I better be careful and discerning about what I'm doing right now. That's good. You know, uh, everything that I do right now matters. In that's the right. Yeah. I remember Dallas used to have this model called uh, the Golden Triangle. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. And uh, it was really helpful um, because they had the three angles. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was, and so as we're thinking, let me back up for a moment, we're thinking about Christian spiritual Christian. formation, yeah. Yeah. which we described as the process of being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is a process. It's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Dallas was able to identify three different large kind of dimensions or categories or catalysts. You can think about it in all those ways, probably, of that. Do you remember any of them? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Share that this comes actually from chapter nine of his book, Divine Conspiracy. Okay where he wanted to, like, picture this whole process of our growth into Christ-likeness. Okay. So he calls it the golden triangle of spiritual growth. Yeah. Right? We call it spiritual formation. Spiritual growth is as good a term as as any. And um, it had three sides to it. Um, It's important to, to know where to begin with this. The heart... Inside the triangle is uh, the end of our formation, which is becoming like Christ. You talked about that last time. Having the mind of Christ. Yeah. Thinking the way Christ would think and acting the way Christ would act because our hearts are being transformed into his likeness. Um, But then at the top of the whole process of our formation is the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, The the Holy Spirit is doing the work of changing us. Even even if we do everything in our power to change ourselves, uh, we can only get partway there. It is the Holy Spirit who mm. does that actual transformation. We do the things that we need to do, but the Spirit is the one who changes yeah. our lives. And in some ways, that's what makes it not just formation, but to use the word you just used, transformation. Transformation. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um just uh, the whole family of formation words in the in the New Testament mm-hmm. has uh, two sides to it. It's something that God is doing and something that we are doing. Interesting, right? Just in, in the very language itself and the way it is stated. Yep. So we are being conformed to the image of Christ. Well, the formation is happening in us and to us, and it's stated in the Passive, conformed is a passive. It's happening upon us. It's happening upon us. Yeah. But if we're not participating in it, it ain't happening. Right. It's not imposed upon us. It's it's not fertile ground for the work of the Holy Spirit. That's right. 
So you have the Holy Spirit who is doing all of this work, taking everything in our lives and making it count for okay. our formation yes. into Christ-likeness. Yeah. So we call those the trials and our everyday life kinds of things. Okay. Um, trials like uh, growing up with bad formation. Right. Uh, trials yeah. like uh, crises in our lives, problems we have, yeah. things and, and habits we haven't been able to, to shake. Yeah. Um, even, even some of the wrong things that we do, the Holy Spirit takes all of these things, all of these trials, all of these tribulations, as James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4 says, and works in such a way in our lives to make those count mm. and to bring joy into our lives and to bring patience into our life and to bring knowledge into our lives to become more and more like Jesus. Mm. So, so that, that's the top of the triangle is the Holy Spirit working through our life, which is full of trials and sacred things and wonderful things and beautiful things that happen to mm. us, but also the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all, all, of, all of it together. So that's it, one, another angle in the triangle? Is yeah, that's a, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's the other angle in the triangle. And then the other one, uh, I think you gave it an interesting name. Uh, so people call it the means of grace mm. or soul training exercises or right. or heart shaping practices practices or yeah sometimes they're called disciplines disciplines any yeah. number of things disciplines of the inner life mm. all of this is the golden triangle is that and it's a pretty complete picture of formation mm -hmm. maybe an exception here that I'll talk about in a minute but the holy spirit working in us participating in his work uh, and that participation looks like a obedient, disciplined, imitative life mm -hmm. like Jesus lived so yeah. that we can become more and more like him. Yeah. What I think is kind of compelling about the model is it, is it both has, what you mentioned, the activity of God in our real lives, you know, the parts that we wish we could change <laughs> and the mm -hmm. parts that are really good. But then we have a response yeah. in that. Correct. So it's a real balanced model in, in a way that is real. So. There's a bit of a danger with this model, Jim, that okay. people have, have brought out, uh, Dallas himself and, and other people who uh, kind of uh, were cheerleaders of this movement. Uh, they were afraid that spiritual formation would be boiled down to the disciplines that we do. Mm. Yeah. And that would be the wrong way to yes. look at it. It's not about the disciplines. No. You could even say, as Dallas would say, the disciplines are not about the disciplines. They are right. the means of grace. They're the means by which grace, we allow time, we allow space, we allow relationships, we allow prayer, we allow scriptures, and all of that to work in our lives in such a way to form us into Christ-likeness. That's they're good. They're the means, they're the vehicle. Yeah. They're not the thing itself. Yeah. Because you can do all of those things and not be formed. Yes, that's right. And we've all, pro probably those of us who've been in this for a while know that. Correct. I can read my Bible, I can pray, I can be loyal to my community. Yeah. 
and those things can and maybe we would say should be really helpful. Yeah. But we can come at them in such a way where they're they're not creating the change in us. Yeah. Because in themselves, they're means. They're not the end. Correct. Yeah. The other danger with them um, is that by doing them and by being faithful in doing them, we think we are earning some golden stars, mm. you know, on our yeah. crowns. And yeah. they're not, they don't earn us anything. Yeah. yeah. They are means of grace. They're means not of means grace. of getting rewards. Yeah. They're the means of the grace which comes from God, right? Mm. God gives us the grace to change by utilizing these vehicles, these means. We're not earning anything by them. Mm. It That's takes good. effort. Yeah. It takes effort to do them, but the effort is not an earning kind of effort. Yeah. It's a willing participation because we know it is for our benefit that God has made things this mm. way. So doing the disciplines, reading, praying, fasting, giving, these are not, we're not doing these to make God happier with us. No. You know, or love us more mm. or feel us better or think or feel differently about us or any of that. Yeah. He, his love is already the yeah. foundation yeah. of our relationship with yeah. Him. At the same time, it's not like we can do life without them either. Right. But it's just we pay attention to our motivation, to our attitude. Why are we engaging in these things? They are just open windows, open doors, things that we do in our own power to allow us to see what we cannot see readily. Mm. That, that Jesus then is, has the space and the time in our lives to come in yeah. and speak to us. That's good. Yeah. You know, I have a memory of being in class with Dallas and the associate, I won't name him because he may not want me to tell the story, but the associate uh, professor of that class, uh, we were talking about fasting that day, and uh, Dallas was talking about fasting and the benefits and different ways of practice, and the associate looked at him and said, I hate to fast. And he said, this kind of stopped him. He said, say a little bit more about that. So he did. He said, all I think about is food. I, I'm miserable. And, and, you know, I think what we in the class expected from, from Dallas was some kind of like, reprimand. Well, yeah, because you're thinking about this wrong or reprimanding him. And Dallas looked at him with a little bit of a puzzled look and said, well, then don't do it. Yeah. And that was all he had to say about yeah. it. And uh, so I, I think what I took from that is there's freedom. Mm-hmm. These are for my good. Yeah. And it's really good to do them. Yeah. But it's not there for me to earn points Correct. with God or within my community or even myself. Yeah. They're there for my yeah. benefit. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, there are things that have been historically and traditionally done by our Christian ancestors and uh, forefathers yeah. that have proven to be yes. of, of great use and formational power. Yes. And we engage in those like prayer mm-hmm. and uh, knowing the scriptures, yeah. especially in a formational kind of way. Yeah. Uh, um, a little bit of silence and solitude in, built into our daily yeah. lives. Yeah. You know, those, those mm-hmm. kinds of things have proven just huge of huge benefit yeah. to, to people in the past. And they've written about them and they've yeah. told us about them. 
And I don't think we can do life without them. Yeah, we're wise. We're not earning anything by them. That's right. We would we would be neglecting the ways of wisdom of the historical church if we say not for me Mm -hmm. and just leave it at that. Okay, so we talked about knowing and being known. I think that, like, let's read. Um, there's a there's a real, I don't know if turning point is exactly the right word, George. Uh, there's a passage of Scripture that we, want, that we want to read now that we have come to see is really uh, important mm-hmm. as it relates to friendship, yeah. uh, particularly— and uh, so, I, why don't we do this? Let's read it. Yeah. And uh, let's just reflect on it together as friends. Yeah. Uh, learning from our teacher. We're starting with Jesus here. Yeah. And um, So, Jim, why don't you read it in, in your version? I think you're using the NIV. Today. I have the NIV in front of me. And I'm using the uh, RSV. Okay. Revised Standard. Let you read it and just we'll just pause for about ten seconds. Okay. I know the uh, the silence will be awkward, but let's just pause ten seconds for it to settle. Okay. And then I'll read it again in this version. Okay. And then pause five to ten seconds, and then begin um, our processing. That sounds great. Let's do it. So I'm going to read. This is John, chapter fifteen. Um, where are we going to start, George? What verse would you I'll like to start? Verse twelve would be good. Okay. All right, I'm going to go from 12 to 7, verse 17. Yeah. <clears throat> this is Jesus speaking. We'll say a little bit more, perhaps, about the context in a minute. Jesus says, My command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. I'm going to read it again, and this time as I read, uh, uh, our listeners can maybe uh, see if there's something that kind of jumps out at them in this passage and for us as well in in our reading. Um, I assume, Jim, that whenever I'm reading the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is ready to speak. Mm. Uh, Whether I'm coming at them in the right way or not, that's that's my issue. Uh, Mm. But the Holy Spirit is always ready to speak. And uh, so I'm always pausing a little bit before reading, considering what is actually happening, like heaven and earth are connecting at this moment in mm. our reading of this. 
Heaven and earth are connecting That's right. in this moment. That's right. mm-hmm. Heaven is invading earth. Mm-hmm. Um, it, through these words, in our mm-hmm. hearts, the Holy Spirit is doing his work and he's drawing our attention to something he wants to say to us. Mm-hmm. So we didn't prepare ahead of time what we're going to say about this passage. That's right. You know, uh, because we wanted to to talk about, like, how is this affecting us yeah. right now as we talk about the friendship of Jesus. Let's do it. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. George, sometimes you, you mentioned, you, and sometimes we talk about this, the phrase formational reading. Mm-hmm. Before we kind of dive into this passage, uh, say, would you say a little bit about formational reading of the Scripture? Yeah. I don't know if we can talk about it without, like, contrasting it with other ways okay. of reading the Scriptures. Right. Um, you and I are trained in reading the Scriptures. Um, we went to pastor schools, and one of the things that we were taught is how to exegete a text and how to um, try to get the most out of it, most out of the words that are being used, and um, kind of study the Bible right. and bring a reasoned approach, Understanding the historical, the contextual, and the textual mm-hmm. variances in the text that that is being used, and and I cherish that that method. I think it yields a lot of important information okay. yeah. that I can that I can think about, yeah. and it would be helpful to me. Right. Formational reading, on the other hand, is a lot more meditative. It's really engaging the scriptures with my heart rather than my head. Mm. It is sitting under the scriptures and asking the scriptures, what do you have to say to me? It's asking God, how do you want to interact with me in this? It is um, 
a way to let the scriptures read me, read my heart, read uh-huh. my present circumstance, yeah. and talk to me at that level. Versus me being in command of how I interpret this, it's actually surrendering that for a little bit of time to let the scriptures manage me. That's good. Manage yeah. what's happening yeah. internally in my heart. Yeah. And that's very formational. Yeah. It's, it's transformational. Yeah. So the two processes have different goals in mind and different tools and different methods. They're both helpful. Um, we kind of focus on the first one, like the informational mm. reading, yeah. the Bible study kind of approach, and we can't do without it. We have to have that, yep. But we also need to do formational reading as well. Yeah. I like how you said it, let it read you. Let it read you, yeah. I had a mentor uh, who passed away this past year, Roger Williams. He was a dear presence in my life, and um, Roger used to... I've shared this with a lot of people in our community. The word that comes to mind, he would address me mm. from a time from time to time. Yeah, he'd put his big old hands on my shoulders and get just a couple inches away from my face and just speak. Yeah, whatever it was, often it was it was there were words of like, "You can do this. Have courage. Take initiative. Be assertive." Uh, he knew me. He knew I needed that from time to time, mm-hmm. and he would mm-hmm. call that out. And I think that that comes. I, I, I almost as you're talking about the scriptures reading us. I, I think of that's kind of what Roger would do for me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he would mm-hmm. read me and then address me out of what he was reading. Yeah, in me, and I think this this kind of reading that you're talking about yeah. is similar. It's it's one way we can posture our lives to be known. Right. Right. Yeah. But what is, what is being said is actually telling us a lot about our life presently, in the past, yeah. where we need to go, what we need to do, mm. where we need to be. Yeah. Uh, we, we could really run with this for a while because, <laughs> yeah, yeah al- allowing the scriptures to read us, to address us, mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. It, it, it takes a certain amount of. Uh, something, whether it's courage or humility or whatever we might need in yeah. that moment, yeah. to be willing to enter that place as we read. Yeah, it's it, it, you know reading the scriptures in from, for information, while important, it doesn't necessarily ask that much from me at a deeper level. Yeah, letting the scriptures read me yeah. is a different <clears throat> matter. Yeah, on the one hand, with reading. Scriptures informationally, I'm I'm the one in control of the reading. Mm-hmm. I I sometimes I have choices of how to interpret this word and this turn of phrase and right. that kind of thing. Um, and I, we do need to do that. It's not like we yeah. we can just do whatever we yeah, want. Yeah, we and we definitely want to hi- highlight that caveat. This isn't an either or. Correct. Correct. Um, but at the same time, um, these words are so deep, like Second Timothy three sixteen says, they're given for conviction, for exhortation, for instruction, yeah. for edification. Like 
the Spirit knows all of that that we need. Yes. And by me coming to the text and thinking that by exegeting it, I'm meeting all of those needs, is a false start. Yeah. Now, I need to exegete those things, and I need to understand what's going on in the text. But the work that is going to happen on the inside, it's the Holy Spirit that is doing the convicting, the yeah. exhortation, the edification, the inspiration, all of that uh, in me. So that's formation. Yeah, it's, I think that's been part of our formation as yeah. friends, yeah. is to learn how to read our Bibles and open that window mm-hmm. yeah. as well in our reading. And Jim, I, I mean, I, I can see where that method can be abused. Absolutely. By making the Scriptures say anything you want them to say. Yeah. Right? That, that may even be contradictory to what God truly wants to say. Yes. Right? And there's been abuses in the past, but mm. um, we're talking about two people who are honest and committed to becoming more and more like Jesus and transformed into his likeness. Are we going to make mistakes? Probably so. Mm-hmm. And we welcome any any correction, right. you know, if we're saying anything heretical or just simply wrong or leading people astray. Uh, we would want to know, but our motivation is to be formed in the way of Christ. Right, yeah. And we think that this is a good way in that process, yeah. among other ways. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we paused for that because I yeah. think that's, I hope that's helpful, yeah. you know, for our listeners to hear. So let's jump into this text that we, yeah. that we read. What are you seeing? Um, you know, I was wondering, Jim, like, if Jesus, like, prepared this speech ahead of time hmm. uh, to come and to deliver to his disciples. Like, if you look at a Bible that has red letters from chapter 13 on all the way to chapter 17 of John, it's all red. It's a sea of red. It's a sea of yeah, red. Yeah, like, it certainly is. And yeah. he certainly talked talked. Quite a long time, and the context of that is uh, the final supper hmm. that Jesus is having with his disciples. He's washing their feet. He's modeling things to them that they need to to understand and to yeah. get. It's a pretty serious. Stuff. It's it's, it's seri- yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's his last uh, speech and. Um, you know what? What really jumped out at me is what's happening between verses thirteen and fourteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let there's, me let me read there's it again. A, there's a period, and there's a little space in my in my Bible, and then verse fourteen begins. What's happening between verse thirteen and verse fourteen jumped out at me. Okay. Well, can I read it again, yeah, read and it. then you share your thoughts? Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And then 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. Yeah. So Jesus is making like a statement. This is my commandment. Greater love has no one than this. And then 
from there he jumps into you, the personal you. Hmm. You are my friends. I just wonder, like, the thinking and what Jesus is intending for his word, how he's intending them to land on these disciples. Hmm. This is something new. It is something new. They, they must have thought of themselves as his servants, in the in the best way this right. term can be. Right. And then Jesus is coming along and and maybe giving them a different way of thinking about their relationship. He couldn't have called them friends on day one. Say more. He, he didn't know them all that well. Yeah, he says to Andrew before, when you were under the fig tree, mm-hmm. I, I knew you. Nathaniel. N- Nathaniel. Yeah, yeah Nathaniel. Yeah. And, um, but it took three years for their personalities to flourish and to develop and to begin to show all the messiness of their lives and... And all along, Jesus is treating them like people he loves. Mm. And I just wonder if he grew in his love for them and toward them in friendship. Mm. And now this is the time for him to state that. Wow. Yeah. So to, I, I saw that as, as an invitation um, to friendship. With Jesus. Yeah, it does feel very much like something very meaningful yeah. is being said here to say, I, I can imagine him putting his hand on their shoulders, you know, maybe walking one at a time and a lot of eye contact going on. Yeah. And saying, something's changing. Yeah. I'm not going to call you. And imagine he meant more than just using the word and language mm-hmm. uh, servants yeah from now on I mean he, he he's saying you are disciple servants but you're also disciple friends mm-hmm. you're still my disciples and my relationship to you is one of discipleship you still have a responsibility to obey what I've commanded yeah. you to do yeah the teaching's filled with yeah. obedience but you no longer obey them as servants there we go you now, have entered into the realm of friendship, my gift to you of friendship, and now your obedience has to come from somewhere else. Mm. A servant can obey just out of perfunctory duty. Yeah. A friend, that's not the kind of obedience a friend has. Mm. A friend obeys out of the heart. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, yesterday we were supposed to start some training in Kansas City, a friend of mine, and I, and um, the weather was bad, and we were determined to go, the two men were determined to go, we were on a mission, you know, we needed to do this, and um, we would disappoint people, we thought, you know, by not going and, and braving the weather and all of that. And then our wives said things, we really would hate to lose you, in this way, hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, now, if a stranger had said these things to us, 
Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. I lived in Canada for so many years, and yeah. and you should have seen the harrowing feats I've accomplished <laughs> in weather and all those kinds of things. I have but conquered the blizzard. I have conquered. <laughs> I have conquered every whiteout there is. <laughs> you know, I remember driving six, seven hours in whiteouts. Like it's crazy, crazy wow. stuff. But the voice of our wives and the friendships we have with them prevailed yeah. on us. Huh. So we obeyed, we followed their command mm. based on our friendship. Yeah. Right? Great story. It's, yeah. yeah it, 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 it's a wonderful application of this. Yeah. Like, uh, the command is now a voluntary, we want to, we want to obey yeah. what you have to say yeah. to us. Oh, it wasn't always like that, you know, mm -hmm. um, as far as our wives are concerned, but but in in this time it was a, it was an opportunity for us to obey like that. Yeah, and, and we did. So I feel that because the heart is engaged, the emotional relationship has been built up. Uh, the command became a friendship command. Mm -hmm. This is not a friendship of equals. They are still disciples right. of him. But it's now he's inviting them to this friendship that comes from the heart. Mm -hmm. Whether they can understand this at this point in the process or not, they will eventually understand right. it. Right. And give him give their lives for it. Yes, they will. But he is giving them the pathway to yeah. friendship. Yeah. And they're not stopping being his servants. You know, there's still service abounding in the relationship. Yeah. But it is being transformed. Yeah. There's still obedience, like yeah. you've said. But the, but the nature of the quality of the obedience, Jesus is renaming and in some yeah. ways, I think, reshaping. Yeah. yeah. So perhaps we're seeing a picture of formation that, that's, that's coming to fruition in in this moment? You know, for three years, they've, they've seen Jesus, they've participated in feeding people, in walking on water, in all kinds of experiences. They were there when he healed, when, yeah. when he did all kinds of things, when he taught, right? They now know him, and he now knows them Yeah. in a way that would not have been possible from day one. Yeah, that's good. And he says... We have reached a level in our relationship that I can call friendship. Yeah. Even though he knows betrayal is at hand and denial is at hand. Right. Right? He still honors them and invites them into friendship. And yeah. that is very, very um, a, a teaching moment for me presently. Yeah. In the sense that... Um, no matter no matter whether I am totally obedient or not, there's a call for me to remain in this friendship and to come to this friendship expecting love and intimacy and respect and honor yeah. despite my failings. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's worth circling back for us. I mean, I don't know that a whole lot more. I need to say much about it, but to reconsider um, when we when we grow in our relationship with Christ in such a way that it's 
our service and obedience to Him is in, in increasing measure becoming a genuine expre- expression of love and friendship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He still knows we're going to fail Him. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's, he's not demanding perfection. In fact, as you just said, there's some pretty big failures ahead for these guys, some pretty, some pretty guilt-producing, I imagine, yeah. failures in their lives. But yet Jesus is saying, you're my friends. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's how I see you. Yeah. And, then, you know, Jesus follows up on this in the Garden of Gethsemane, mm-hmm. where he comes to his disciples and he kind of implores them to stay up and awake with him and to support what he is going through. And they fail him right there. And he expected friendships. He expected a shoulder to cry on. They weren't there for him. They'll remember this for the rest of their lives and how his forgiveness uh, is to them as friends. Yeah. Interesting. If they were just servants, he would have just would have been a different, yeah. different approach, yeah. you know. But because they're friends, yeah, the approach was yeah helpful to them. Yeah, that's good. So good. Yeah. What 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 jumps out at you out of this? I think verse sixteen. Uh, it's one of it's one of my friend. It's my friend Jerry's like favorite scripture, I think, where Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. And what what stands out to me in that thing that he said to them is, is just simply Jesus wants to be their friend. This is you know, the technical term for this might be divine election, you know, mm-hmm. but there's a wanting to in that I hear in this. I chose you guys because I want to be with you. I chose you to follow me. Uh, yeah, I'm going to use you to carry out my mission, but I think there's also, if we go back to some of those tra- ideas of friendship, there's a love, there's a respect, there's an intimacy, there's a mutuality all in that statement as I hear it. I chose you. Um, I want you. I'm happy that you're here. Yeah. And um, certainly it's more than that, and we understand that, but it's not less than that. Yeah. And I think that that's a, a deeply encouraging voice sometimes I need to hear. You know, I need to hear sometimes from the Lord. Uh, yeah, I chose you. I chose you. I selected you. Yeah. Not not that I selected you, so I deselected someone else. That that's above my pay grade. Mm-hmm. All those kinds of arguments, but just just hearing him say, "I actually want you to be mm-hmm. with me. I want to be with you." And so that's what I hear. Is so there strong. is there anything particular at this time, Jim, that would make you think of that particular word, that particular? statement that is close to your heart? That's a good question. Well, I I think there's there's enough in 
life that I can recreate a narrative that maybe I'm not wanted. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not enough, mm-hmm. you know, or just my deficits and failures are just so evident to me. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can get wrapped around them in my thinking. And to hear, you know, someone tell me they just want to be my friend and I chose you. It, yeah, I think that's... Sustaining to you? It's sustaining. Yeah. 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 One of Jesus had in mind, like Deuteronomy 7, 7 to 8, where Moses is telling the people, and he's quoting God. He says, I did not choose you because you were the most numerous of all people or whatever. I chose you because I love you. Mm. Yeah, that's good. It's it's yeah. my love that caused me to make the choice. Yeah. Not anything on the other side of that love. Not not what you can do for me. Not what you can do yeah. for me. Yeah. And, that, and I kind of have personally have built an aversion to the use of the word use. <laughs> <laughs> like God is going to use you. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sure there's a there's a good way to use those terms, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I would rather think of it in terms of an invitation to do things with God. Yeah. yeah. Versus, I'm going to use you to do this yeah. for me. Yeah. Right? Kind of reduces it's, me to a tool. Yeah, it's what God and me are doing together. Yeah. Which is a beautiful definition of yeah. prayer. That's a friendship. It's a friendship. There's yeah. the there's the collaboration and the mutuality yeah. and companionship, yeah. camaraderie that that Jesus would well, immigrate out of heaven all the way to earth to make friends, hmm. not just servants, but friends. Yeah. Not out of lack in himself, hmm. but out of love. Yeah. Out of a love that continues yeah. forever. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, we're going to keep talking about this, George, uh, because there's a lot to talk about in friendship and how, how can we become good friends because we all know it's, it's one thing to talk about to another, yeah. to, to learn to walk this road yeah. with one another. Jim, I, th- I think that that's really important because I think what we want to model here is that this is what friends do. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that friends talk about. Yeah. yeah. They, don't, they don't just watch sports events together. Right. Or talk about the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, or go to concerts. Yeah. Or go to the same church. Yeah. They actually engage in conversations that let other people in on what's going on inside their lives, their yeah. hearts. That's what friends do. Mm. Um, I hope that we are, like, we ourselves are going to grow from this, but then our listeners also would, would pick up some, some ideas, some things that they can be thinking about, praying about, and trying out with their friends. Mm. Like, have a deep conversation about Jesus with your friends. Yeah. I, I became convinced at some point, 
not too long ago that we actually don't know how to talk about Jesus. Mm. So we default to talking about everything else except Jesus. Mm. The only time we talk about Jesus in church is probably during Bible study or or the sermon, and mm. that's just one person talking. Yeah. The rest of the time we talk about the chiefs. Or yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make light of it or, yeah. or blame or anything like that. I'm just saying that there's room for us to learn to talk about Jesus. Yeah, that's good. He's, he's a, the greatest topic of conversation that we can have. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I thought, Jim, that people might be able to do with this is to write just a short paragraph, three or four sentences, that Jesus would say to them as their friend. Mm. Right? Imagine that Jesus is addressing you as a friend. What are three or four things he might say to you? Maybe this passage can be an, an inspiration. Maybe some of the rest yeah. of, of John could yeah. be an inspiration. But if Jesus were to say, you are my friend, hmm. what two or three other things he might say to you? Well, okay. Yeah. There we have it. There we have it. You've given us an assignment. Well, let's let's continue this journey, yeah. and um, let's grow from it. Yeah. So, amen. We'll see you next time. And and by the way, before we close, and we uh, Dalton or whoever's doing our show notes, this episode may repeat this, but we also want you guys to know if you have questions. Um, we'd we would love to receive those from you, and you can email us at info at soulrenovate.us. Any question about anything we've said or any of the scriptures we've mentioned um, or spiritual formation in general, some of the things we said about it, we'd love to hear your questions. And if it uh, can fit it in, we'll talk about it during this series. Yeah. If you want us to come to your place where you worship, uh, church, uh, small group, and talk together about this we we would we might we might we might do that (laughs) okay okay see you next time george see you thank you so much for listening to this episode of the soul renovate podcast any of the scriptures or resources that we mentioned in this episode will be linked in our show notes if you enjoyed this episode be sure to leave us a review and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app because it really helps us to share these conversations with more christian leaders like you And if you have any questions you'd like Jim and George to answer, you can email us at info at soulrenovate.us. Soul Renovate is a ministry of Christ First Counseling Center, and it exists to propel Christian leaders to abide in Christ and grow in His likeness. Soul Renovate is made possible by the generous support of people like you. If you'd like to support us, you can do that on our website, soulrenovate.us. And if you'd like to learn more about Soul Renovate, you can also do that on our website, soulrenovate.us. This podcast is produced by me, Dalton Huey, with the help of Gil Hara. Our cover art was designed by Hannah Huey, and our music is by The Fox's Forest. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.